Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. So blessed to have Thierry Marianne with us. Can't believe it's been so long. It will not happen again. I apologize. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but we're not waiting that long again, I can tell you. But look, just just a, wonderful to have a, nearly 20 people last night gathered in our house, I think it was 17 or 20 people, and just sit under their, their wisdom, their experience, and they taught us about the cost of leadership, cost of being a disciple, the importance of maintaining our joy while we work together and building this house, and then they minister to every person in the room. And so I'm, I'm just full of faith and expectation today because these are just not just great pastors and sensational leaders. These are the best friends a person could have. And so we just love you. We thank you that you're here. We just want to welcome you to the stage. Thank you. Thank you so much, Quentin. Well, I feel a little bit alone on this stage because normally I'm always with my wife next to me because I normally speak in French and she would translate into English because our church in Lausanne is a bilingual church. So, Marianne, why don't you come with me just for a minute, just, for, just to reassure me. Yeah, feels good. <laughs> well, uh, you want to say something? No, say something. No, you don't want to say something. You've got a better accent uh, than mine, so just say something. We're just very touched and honoured to be here. We, we feel a heart connection with your church, and uh, we, we honour your pastors, their perseverance. Um, being pastors can be a lonely place, so I just encourage you to, to be there for them, bless them, honour them in their willingness in their heart for this city and this nation. So thank you for paying that price, and uh, we look forward to the things that are coming for you. I, I have this feeling that there are great things coming, and you might have heard this before and gone off, you know, this is nice to say, but I, I really feel it. There's something new for you. There's growth. There's uh, a sense of unity among you that is just beautiful. So don't despise or, or underestimate the power that is in this room. You, you've got something very precious, and keep it, and it will just attract more people. Thank you. So last time we came was that, yeah, three and a half years ago, and after, right after we came, you went into that new building. We, you changed buildings, so I'm not, not sure what's going to happen next. When we leave tonight, we'll see. But... <laughs> Uh, but I remember coming here, you already had the building, or had, probably already had to sign the contract, and, uh, but nothing was set up, there was, like, there was like a wall here or something, not a wall, but I mean, uh, it was a wall, so uh, it was very funny, uh, but look at this stage now in this church, and most of all, you, the people, because church is people, it's not a building, so it's wonderful to be with you this morning, I feel very honored to be here, thank you, Suzanne and Quinton, for your kind invitation, for your love, for your friendship. We value your friendship. We always felt connected with you. Uh, we haven't met that often. We met in Sydney, we met in Switzerland, we met in Malmö, 
not very often, but there's definitely a strong connection there. So we value this friendship with you and with C3 Malmö. You're a wonderful church. You're a wonderful church. So just a month ago, last October, we had our C3 Europe conference in Amsterdam. Maybe you've heard about it. Some of you were, came to the conference. And um, the title of the conference was As It Is in Heaven, On Earth As It Is in Heaven. In Malmö, as it is in heaven. In my life, as it is in heaven. It is something that we often say, right? If you go on our website, C3 Lausanne website, and you click on the services, you will read C3 Lausanne, a place of connection between heaven and earth. I think it's a wonderful concept. I, I like the idea. Walking on this earth, and living a life as it is in heaven. It sounds pretty good to me. Heaven on earth. It's rather ambitious, I must say, but I'm totally for it. I love my life. I love my life on earth. I'm quite happy to be down here, and I'm not in a hurry to go up there. But uh, I wouldn't mind having a little bit more of heaven in my life. Because apparently up there, there is no pain, no sorrow, no crying. So I don't cry that often, but I do feel pain every now and then. In heaven, God reigns, totally. And no one can oppose his authority. No persecution in heaven. No enemies. No lack of anything. In heaven, the streets are made of gold. I mean, it's not just gold dust. In heaven, it's like gold pavement, you know. So truly, heaven on earth is what we need. Would you agree with me? But as you know, on earth as it is in heaven, it's part of a longer prayer. It's a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him, tell us or teach us how we should pray, which was actually an interesting question coming from the disciples. Because the disciples practiced prayer every day. It was part of their spiritual discipline. But I guess they've noticed a difference between their prayers and the way Jesus prayed. So the disciples wanted to know what is true prayer. So they asked Jesus to teach them. And for once, Jesus answered them in a very clear and direct way. They must have been so happy the disciples, because when people asked Jesus the question, he often would reply with another question. You know, how oh, he would tell us a, a story, a parable, which made his answer not always that obvious. You know, parables are great for, for preachers like me and Quinton, because you can make the story say anything you want, really. I mean, you can, you can make the story fit your point. You know, preachers like, like that. We, we do that all the time. But regarding prayer, Jesus was super clear. It is as if he wanted to make sure we got the message. He said, this is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. So let me see if you're good Christians. Can you say with me out loud the first, just the first three sentences of the Lord's Prayer? You think you can make it? Let's try. Are you ready? 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well done. I'm impressed. You're definitely good Christians. Jesus gave this prayer as an example. And today, you've got millions of people that know that prayer by heart. Millions of people that recite that prayer very nicely, like a nice little poem. Not realizing the depth and the implication of these words. I mean, even you, to be honest with you, I'm surprised you followed me and repeated willingly these words without any hesitation. I mean, some of you were even smiling when you were praying. But have you realized what you just prayed? Have you realized what you just asked God for? This prayer, and especially the first part, the, the part you just said, is probably the most radical prayer you can pray. This prayer is totally extreme. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's three times the word your. In other words, what you just prayed was, not mine, not mine, not mine. Not my name, not my kingdom, not my will, but yours. It's all yours, God. Does anyone want to take these words back? Maybe it's still time to say to God, oops, sorry, I didn't realize what I was praying. Uh, Thierry kind of tricked me. Uh, I didn't mean to say this. I'm sure God, you know, God is gracious. He will, he will, take, he will let you take your words back. I'm pretty sure he will, he will do that. But, but I also believe that these words are the only way we can see more of heaven in our lives. The Lord's Prayer is so different than most prayers that you hear today. I hear a lot of God, can you do something for my name? Please God, bless my vision. Help me build my kingdom. You know, I'm becoming more and more allergic to messages on vision and messages on leadership. I, I can't stand them anymore. They are always impressive and, and somehow motivating. That's not really the problem. And of course, I believe in, in vision and, and I believe in the importance of leadership. I'm all for it. But too often, when we hear these messages, what we hear is me, 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 and me again. Or if the person is a good leader, it's going to be us, us, us. <laughs> we, 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 we. But what we should hear is you, 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 and you again. Lord, I do not have a vision. I come with you, I come to you with no vision, no agenda, no other ambition than you. May your name be lifted up. May your kingdom come. May your will 
be done. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about what I want to see happening. But it's all about you. Recently, I started to go to the gym. Not for fun. Because it's not fun. But because I had to. Just in case. And uh, the nice thing about the gym is that you meet new people. That's always nice. And you make new connections. And very quickly, when you meet new people, I guess it's the same for you, the question, what do you do in life, comes up in the conversation. And it's a question that I don't, I don't mind, but I find it always a little bit awkward. Because when I say I'm a pastor, I know they won't get it. They might get it in America, they might get it in Australia, but in Switzerland, probably just like in Sweden, people don't get it. What normally happens when I tell them what I do, they, they look at me, actually they, they stare at me, they scan me from head to toe to see what, what, what's wrong with me, which is always a little bit embarrassing because at the gym, you don't talk to people while you're working out. You talk to people in the locker room when you get undressed to go under the shower. So it's not a good time to be scanned from head to toe, all right? So what I normally say is like, well, I'm a normal guy. I'm just like you. I'm sorry. I'm just like you. And, and C3 Lausanne is a different type of church, you see. We are a modern church. We have a band with a drum player and a bass player and a, and a guitar. And, and I insist on the fact that we are a relevant, relevant, relevant church uh, for today's life. We believe that God can help you in your marriage and, and, and in your professional career because God wants you to succeed. He wants you to live your best life. All this is true. I believe it. I preach it. Being re relevant is one of our core values. But I also wonder, in trying to be so relevant, I wonder if we're not trying to conform the Word of God to our lives and our culture and our desires rather than conforming our lives and our desires to the Word of God, even if it's not as cool and convenient and comfortable and relevant as what, we, as what we'd like it to be. Our sermons are often about our own success and our own achievements. Even our worship sometimes is centered on our needs and on our desires. When I read about the early church in the book of Acts, you see signs and wonders. You see the power of God moving left and right. Truly, the disciples experience what Jesus told them you will do greater things than me. 
every time I read the Gospels and the book of Acts, and I, the Gospel, these books are always part of my reading diet, always. Every time I read about Jesus on earth and the early church, I'm always challenged, but I'm also convicted. What has happened to the 21st century church? It looks like we have lost most of our power. Why is there such a lack of power in my own life? God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would it be possible that I'm lacking power, God's power, because my prayers have become all about my name, my vision, my will? My prosperity, my healing, my happiness, my comfort, my success, all mine, rather than all yours. I know God's going to bless you in your life. I'm confident about it. Because it is his desire to bless you. God wants to lift you up. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. His will is that you will be at the top and never at the bottom. God wants also to respond to the desires of your heart. Because God is a good God. And he's got some good and perfect gifts for you and me. I came here in faith and, and hoping that some of you are going to experience major breakthroughs. Some of you are going to be healed and set free. I pray that others will see prov the provision of God hit their life like, like never before. Because God delights in the prosperity of his children just like we would delight in the prosperity of our own children. He wants you to prosper in all things and be in health just like, just like your soul prospers. Never, never doubt the goodness of God. He is light, and in Him there is no darkness. God does not tempt anyone, but He blesses anyone who comes to Him. God is love. He loves you unconditionally. He's ready to send angels to serve you and guard you in all your ways. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. So how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's what the apostle, apostles, apostles Paul says. It's not my ideas. It's not my wish for you. This is what the Word of God tells us. This is the truth. He wants to freely give you all things. But I'm also convinced that all these blessings that are stored up in heaven will come to pass in the measure, in the measure of us being able and ready to live a life for Him and not just for us. To seek first the kingdom of God. He is ready to open the gates of heaven. As soon as we will pray with all our hearts, I will be 
your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's all yours, God. It's all about you. Jesus himself had to go through a similar, similar moment, a moment of surrounding, surrendering when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus experienced his biggest breakthrough that led to the biggest victory ever when he said, not me, but you. Not my will, but yours. It was the only time that Jesus' will was different than the will of the Father. It happened only once. You could think that submitting to God 99.9% of the time would be good enough. But even for this one and only time, Jesus had to adjust to the Father's will and let His will go for the breakthrough and the victory to come. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, we see Peter and John going up to the temple to pray. And we read that a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate every day to beg from those going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So Peter stopped, and the Bible says that he looked straight at him and said, look at us. You know, when you read a Bible story like that, you don't really hear the tone, the tone of the voice of the different actors. You can guess, but you, you're never really sure. Concerning Peter, I don't think he was saying Look at us. We are the answer to your problem. Lucky you, you just, you, we just passed by you. Uh, um, I think his tone was rather something like, have you looked at us? Really? Do you, think, do you think we can do something for you? Take a better look at us. We have no silver no gold, empty pockets. Sorry, but, but we are nobody. We are not the solution. Peter tries to direct the eyes of the guy, not on him, not on his anointing, not on his calling, not on his experience, not on his name, but on the one and only one can re who can really do something for him, Jesus Christ. We are no one, my friend, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And the result of this wasn't just a miracle. Yes, the guy stood up and walked, but he also praised God. And the Bible says that all the people who witnessed the miracle were glorifying God as well. In 2006, that's 13 years ago, my wife and I took over C3 Lausanne, and uh, we didn't start the church. The church was 12 years old, I think, and uh, at that time, the church was fairly small, 
And our biggest chance and our biggest strength uh, was that we had no names. We were nobodies. But the following years, the church started to grow. And my name started to be mentioned in conferences or even in Christian mag magazines in Switzerland. And as the church grew more and more, I started to develop a serious phobia. Uh, and I'm, I'm starting to think that I should probably go see a psychologist about it. Because I'm okay with spiders, you know. I, I don't mind mice. I, I don't really like snakes, but I live in Switzerland, so I'm fine. No sharks in the lake either, so... I'm all good with these guys. But there's one thing that scares me more than anything else. I don't even know if there's a name for that type of phobia. But I get scared when I see my name on a flyer or an Instagram post. Guest speaker, Thierry Meur. It freaks me out. By God's grace, it hasn't happened that often. But, you know, most people look at the speaker's names before signing up to a conference or even coming up to a church service. If you invite the right names, people will come. You can fill stadium if you can afford the right names because the right names cost you a lot of money. My name scares me because I don't want... To because I know that my name's not going to help people. My name will actually mislead people and disappoint people. The sick cannot be healed in the name of Thierry Meur. The demonized cannot be set free in my name. And I certainly cannot provide for the needs of the needy. Look at me, silver and gold, I have not. So, so regularly, regularly, I pray to God, and I say, I give you my name. I don't want my name. Don't let me minister from my own name. Don't let my name be lifted up. Don't let people trust in my name. For Jeremiah tells us, curse is the one who trusts. In name. I believe, and I believe it's true for you as well, there's a change coming in the body of Christ where we will see unknown people bringing revival, unknown people working miracles, signs and wonders. We will see people with no names working in the power of the Holy Spirit ministering in their neighborhood and in the marketplace. They might not stay unknown for very long, but their heart, hearts will always stay in humility and the focus of themselves. There is a generation coming, and I want to be part of this generation because it's not an age matter. It's a mentality matter. A generation that will truly pray, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm giving you my name. 
I'm giving you my kingdom. I'm giving you my will. I don't want it. I want yours and yours only. People that will say, just like King David in Psalm 29, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. And then we will see heaven coming on earth like never before. The church will find its power again. There will be no limit to God's anointing and provision in our lives. There will be no limit in God's power flowing through us. For as John said in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. Anything, whatever, if we align to His will. Hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom, Your will. Can I ask the worship team to come back on stage? For the few minutes that we have left, I'm not sure when we're supposed to finish, but for the few minutes that are left, I'd like to open this place, the altar, and offer an opportunity for everyone to come and lay down your name. It's not a small thing because often we have worked very, very hard to get a name. We have studied. We have done all kinds of sacrifice to have a name. And the world is looking for names. The world will elevate names. But this morning, I'd like you to offer this opportunity to give away your name. To give to Jesus your kingdom. To give Him your will. To put everything at His feet. Let these few minutes be a time of total surrender. A time when we pray, God, it's all yours. It's not a time to ask. It's a time to give. To give your name. To give your own ambition. Maybe this altar call is just for one person or two. I don't care. I'm not looking for numbers. I'm looking for you. Who feels like it's time for you to make a shift in your life. You, if you're frustrated with the lack of power in your life. You, if you are ready to come to God with no vision, no agenda, 
you if you want His will and nothing less. So if that's you, if that speaks to you somehow, why, did you, why don't you just come forward and lay down your name at the feet of Jesus? to you. It's a time between you and God. I'm not going to put my hands on you, but you're going to give to God your ambitions and your name. Thank you, Jesus. Come to you as we are. All we want is your name and your vision for our lives. Make us a vessel that you can use. Make new wine out of us. Use us like never before. Yes, God, we need your blessings. We need you to work in our favors. Thank you for doing it. But more than anything else, We want to serve you. We want to follow you. We give you our names. And we pray from the bottom of our hearts, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come in my life, God. Your kingdom come in my family. Your kingdom come in in the work that I'm doing. Your will be done. It's not what I want, but it's what you want for me. I have no ambitions, no other ambitions than to follow you for the rest of my life. like God is saying that to some of you, what He's going to do to you is going to blow your mind. Because what He's looking for is not talented people. He's looking for people that are available. And as you lay down your life, your will, your own ambitions, you're going to see God take you on a journey. I can say that with confidence and faith because I have seen God doing that with my own life. I wasn't supposed to be a speaker. It was always a challenge for me to speak. I was shy and never been a leader in my whole life. But God has made me what He wanted me to be. And God's going to do the same with you. 
He's going to bring you on a journey and you will see Him working through you. It's not going to be your words anymore, but it's going to be His word through you. You'll notice the difference. The tone's going to be different. The power of the words will be different. So I pray that God will fill you with your spirit, with His Spirit and guide you. The Holy Spirit is here to lead you into all truths, to show you the things to come, and to reveal to you the glory of Jesus. This is what He's going to do. one more minute in that atmosphere and then the band will lead us into your song but before that just just let's stay there for a moment for a minute oh jesus holy spirit